0: Hello and welcome to Get Collected. I'm your host, Soul Brother Mike, and it's Wednesday, November 1st, 2017. And you're listening to Season 5, Episode 2. Get Collected is co-hosted by Chrissy Cochran. Hey, hey. Today we have a huge show. We have a new segment here called New Music, and we're going to hear a song by Sarah Hiltz. She's also going to join us and talk about her new album, Beauty in the Blue. Then in here's something I'm sharing with you, the Walkerville's version of Blurred Lines. And then in Get Political, we're unpacking a huge story that's breaking in Halifax. Now let's get to the show. Toronto singer-songwriter Sarah Hiltz is releasing a new album called Beauty in the Blue on November 7th. And since I don't know much else about it, I'm really thankful that she's here to tell us about it. Hello, Sarah.
1: Hi, Mike. Nice to hear from you.
0: Uh, you're currently living in Toronto, I hear. Um, did you live in Essex County at one point?
1: I did. I lived there just for a short time uh, before I moved up to Toronto. I, I was born in Chatham, and I, I lived there for uh, a lot of my life. Uh, but then before I moved to Toronto, my husband was in school, and and so we spent about six months in Windsor.
0: Very cool, but lots of time yeah. in Chatham? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just more questions uh, about yourself. Um, you're an incredible singer. Thank you. <laughs> um, when did you first start like exploring music, and was your voice your main instrument?
2: Um,
1: yeah, voice was always what i felt the most drawn to and i was actually really young when i knew that's what i wanted to do i was three years old wow (laughs) which is maybe a a little bit unusual um but i just i remember uh hearing a singer in my parents living room they just had a cassette tape playing and i just had a really conscious thought that this is what i want to do when i grow up
3: <laughs> um, awesome.
1: Yeah, and so I, th- I i think my parents knew that. My dad's a musician as well. And the first time I ever performed in public, I was eight years old, and it was a, a church Christmas pageant type of thing, and I sang a song.
0: Do you remember what song?
1: Uh, yeah <laughs> It's It's Hope Set High by Amy Grant.
0: Awesome. She
1: was my childhood <laughs> <laughs> hero. <laughs>
0: Okay, so now on this new album, Beauty in the Blue, mm-hmm. uh, when did this project first start coming together?
1: Uh, I started working on it in June 2016. Uh, so I mean, there's just little pre-production things happening before that, but we—that was those were my first dates in the studio, and it took about, well, actually a year to the day to finish it, finish recording. So a year, year in the making.
0: Tell me about the uh, personnel on this album.
1: I worked with Kevin Hawley as engineer and co-producer. He's a member of the band Running Red Lights here in Toronto, but he's from Sarnia, uh, so we kind of have similar hometown roots. And and then uh, Jordan, my husband, is in my band. He's my drummer. And Dave Puzak, who's also from Sarnia and plays with Kevin, is my bassist and guitarist, depending on how many musicians i have with me so they they were kind of my core team of people uh people i kind of feel the most comfortable sharing new ideas with and new songs um so it was sort of the three of us and then and then there were just a few other guest musicians
0: yeah um, uh, um we're going to yeah. listen to the song without you uh there's mm-hmm. some nice trumpet playing on on that track uh who played that
1: that's steve died who is a colleague of Kevin's. They play together a fair bit here in Toronto. Um, so we knew we wanted horns on that, and and Kevin suggested we call him in, and he was just wonderful to work with. Really great player.
0: Yeah, the, the rhythm section, of course, sounds great.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, my bass player for this was Dylan White, who's from Guelph, and I've worked with him on a few jazz gigs before. Um, yeah, and I just really, I, I really love... Kind of, the, uh, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Jacko Pastoria sometimes. The way that he plays and the way he responds to to music when I'm playing with him. So I always knew I wanted to have him on a couple songs for this record.
0: Awesome, yeah. Um, there's a variety of sounds going on the on the record too. Um, tell us about that.
1: Right. Yeah. I feel like that's, I've always struggled to kind of uh, be more cohesive in in the studio because I'll write a song and then. It just it kind of seems to want to do what it wants to do. Do you know what I mean?
0: No, that's au- I, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's really interesting. So, uh, yeah, it just sounded like it was coming from like a number of uh, really informed places uh, and a variety at that too. So, mm, thanks, thanks.
1: Yeah, I it's I really don't like to slot myself too much into one genre right? because I do love folk music but I don't want to live there all the time I also really love jazz and having grown up in that area too I, we listen to a lot of Motown and soul stuff right so that that's kind of been in my consciousness as well uh, but I also once again don't want to live there all the time
0: mm-hmm. of course um, where did the title beauty in the blue come from
1: Beauty in the Blue is the name of the last song on the record, uh, and it's, that song was inspired by the ice storm in 2013 that happened, you know, kind of across Ontario, um, but I was living in Toronto by then and had lost power, and it was dark and cold and right before Christmas, um, and that song's just kind of about the way the city came together, the way people came together to kind of make the best out of a bad situation. Um, and that sort of is what all these songs are about. That when I'm trying to think about the common theme between all of the writing, uh, a lot there are just so many heavy topics that inspire each of the songs. Uh, but I'm just trying to, you know, make something positive out of all that stuff. So that title just seemed to sum it up.
0: Well, thanks so much for agreeing to come on the podcast and share I'll share all this with, with uh, our listeners.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. I love what you guys are doing.
0: All right, that's singer-songwriter Sarah Hiltz. Now let's take a listen to the first single from her album, Beauty in the Blue. Here's Without You. If you That was Without You by Sarah Hiltz. It's from her new album, Beauty in the Blue, that's coming out November 7th, 2017. Today on Here's Something, we're listening to the Walkerville's version of Blurred Lines. I rediscovered this cover as I was going through the Walkerville's private YouTube videos. There are quite a few gems that we have set as private, and I found this cover song that seemed to exist nowhere else. So let's take a listen to it now. Here's Blurred Lines.
3: Everybody. Get up.
0: That was Blurred Lines by the Walkervilles. If you'd like to download and own that recording, subscribe to the Get Collected podcast on Patreon. For $5 a month, you'll get access to all the music that we feature in the "Hear Something part of our show. It's usually rare and otherwise unreleased. So go subscribe now at patreon.com slash getcollected. Also, members get a bonus overtime segment. It's a 10-minute open format chat. And today we have special guest Sarah Hiltz joining us. So once again, that's at patreon.com getcollected. And if you're already a member, we thank you for supporting independent media like our show.
2: Today in Get Political, we're talking about a very controversial story that made headlines this weekend from the Halifax Pop Explosion Music Festival in Nova Scotia, Canada. The festival organizers have apologized for what they're calling overt racism by a photographer volunteering at a concert by Lido Pimienta. Lido is a Colombian-Canadian musician who frequently asks that her concertgoers allow women of color to the front and asking other members of the audience to move to the back and make space for them. At her Halifax Pop Explosion showcase last week on Thursday, October 26, when she invited brown girls to the front, a white female photographer who is a volunteer for the festival did not move. News outlets reported there was a clash between the photographer and nearby audience members who were upset that she insisted on staying near the stage to take photos. Pimienta kept saying move to the back and after saying it about 10 times Pimienta said you're cutting into my set time and you're disrespecting these women and I don't have time for this the photographer was removed from the event and banned from working with the festival in the future now this is where most news outlets ended their accounts of this event The Canadian press was one of the first to pick it up, followed by the CBC, who didn't add any further context. And the comments on these articles, and your likely response to this story, as was ours, with this information only is that this seems like the wrong move on the part of the artist and the festival who sided with her to divide the crowd by race and eject someone based solely on their skin color, regardless of what that color is. It sounds like the artist and her audience members were being antagonistic and that they were the ones responsible for interrupting her set. It looked very unfair for the photographer. Yet there was a huge base of people online who agreed with the artist, and I couldn't wrap my head around why that was. So I did some more digging and began to uncover more context of the story that was missing from the articles. So the photographer was not calm and peaceful about ignoring the artist's requests like you imagine you might be, just doing your job, taking photos, being cool. The photographer allegedly became violent, pushing people out of her way, yelling at other audience members and saying things to them with racial overtones, and screaming repeatedly at the artist, ''Why do you hate me because I'm white?'' Now all of this is kind of fuzzy, there's no official account, and videos have not yet been released, but based on eyewitness accounts that were reported by a festival organizer, the photographer was being violent and aggressive, yelling and pushing people, which is most certainly cause to be ejected from a public space of any kind. The festival issued a lengthy apology saying, we will not accept these behavior and neither should you. Be responsible for your friends. Talk to them and support them as they move towards unpacking their racism. People of color deserve safe spaces and it is your responsibility to help. They go on to say that they're committed to providing their team with anti-oppression and anti-racism training, and they apologize directly to Pimienta, saying, we are sorry that one of our volunteers interrupted your art, your show, and your audience by being aggressive and racist. So I think this story is a great example of how reporting changes your perspective on a story and how important it is that the media outlets take that responsibility seriously when presenting a story like this. People were so bent out of shape and confused about why the artist would pick on someone just for being white, because the story, as it was reported, lacked a lot of essential context about this person's behavior.
0: At first, I definitely thought this artist was making the wrong move by splitting up the crowd and having white people go to the back um, and having women of color come to the front. Um, To me, I just think of how that... Ideas like that have gone in the past and they haven't gone well to split people up based on how they look. So at first I I was immediately opposed to it. But I understand what she's also trying to do in creating a safe space for women. And uh, she goes on, uh, on Facebook, I believe, she posted a long article with just like more uh more information on why she does this and a, a lot of it had to do with women and how safe they felt in public spaces and as she began to explain all of that it it made perfect sense and uh I, it, it's just one of those things that she's got to be careful with because if she doesn't perfectly communicate that, and and she's a communicator, she's an artist, she should be able to do this communicate it in a way that 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 comes across that it's about safety and it's about comfort uh, for the audience goers because um, it can kind of easily be misconstrued as you know something negative.
2: There has been a lot of conversation online about how Pumienta quote, segregates her audience by race. Although I think that word uh, has a lot of history behind it and doesn't really apply to this context. When she's asking women of color to the front, it's just one moment out of a music concert where a couple of women get to have a special moment with the artist. It's not a big deal and it shouldn't be difficult to just give it to them. I mean, maybe it would be different if you were in a theater where you paid extra for your front row seat, but that's not the case at this festival. So to me, I feel like if you're going to get upset about being excluded from this one little moment, you should stop and think about what it would actually be like to be a woman of color and experience a lifetime of racism, sexism, and systemic disadvantage. And I think if you can't let women of color have this one little moment, then you do need to check your privilege.
0: If you'd like to see Chrissy or myself perform live in concert, I'll be playing this Saturday night at the Orwell house. Details for that show can be found at soulbrothermike.com dates. And Chrissy will be playing Friday night at the fashion fest. Chrissycochran.com slash dates has the details. That's our show for today. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a new episode of get fit and a new segment called the record club. Stay tuned and stay, stay collected.
4: collected.